And now it's time for Blossoms of My Life Radio with your host, Ramona Trevino. Ramona is a teacher, a pastor, a three-time author, and radio host since February 2018, helping people share their but God moment and helping people see and be the blossoms in life. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and listeners like you. Now here's Ramona. Thank you for tuning in to Blossoms of My Life Radio. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a wonderful guest to be able to introduce to you. I don't know much about her other than what she sent me, but I know that God, divine, he, he made this appointment today. And so for those of you that are listening to today's show, I think you're going to know why. So I am introducing you to Sophia Cortez. She's lives in Salinas right now from Castroville, California, kind of from the area where I used to live before I moved to Bakersfield. She's been married, divorced. She has children, grandchildren. She has a testimony that I'm not even going to read what she sent to me because I know she's going to dive into it as the Lord wills us to talk about. Um, But the struggle is there. And she has a story that many of you need to hear because it's going to show you the power of God and what he does when you allow him to enter into your life. And Sophia, I can't even, I don't even know what else to say to get us going because I'm just excited to hear what you're going to share. <laughs> How are you, well, Sophia? You know what? It's, it's, it's my testimony, but you know what? When I prayed, I told, you know, I asked God, I went to God and I just said, I want you to give me the words that you want me to share for for others to know and hear about my testimony. I mean, because, yeah, it's a lot. But, it's a yeah. lot. But, it, but you know what? God always brings all, the, you know, Romans 8.28 is one of my favorite scriptures because he's done that in my life over and over and over. And as long as I keep loving him and going after him, I know he's going to turn all situations good and give him glory. And this is going to be yes, a perfect sir. example of what he has done. And so, sister, why don't we start out with, when did you meet the Lord? I met the Lord, well, I was obviously baptized in, in, in Catholic Church, First Holy Communion. But as a Christian, I got um, saved in 1992 I went to support my oldest and my youngest brother who were in the Victory Outreach Men's Home. Okay. And yeah, that's where I got saved. Mm-hmm. And then did you stay in Victory Outreach for a little while? I did stay with Victory Outreach uh, quite a while. I'm, I still I still go to church with uh, with Victory, uh, Victory Outreach, but I backslid for a lot of years as well. So um and that's part of uh, my testimony, but um, but uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still part of the Victory Outreach. Okay, and so let's go ahead. So you met the Lord in '92, and then something happened, and you backslid. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. people, I backslid myself, and it took many years for me. I mean, I kept hearing the voice of God say, you know, you need to go to church. I'd go for a little while, then I'd leave because the hurt was so bad. I couldn't face it, mm-hmm. and, and it was hard. But, you know, mm-hmm. I learned later now that I had not been delivered from a lot of the traumatic events that had happened to my life. So without the deliverance, I could not 
walk forth in what God had for me. And it took me years mm -hmm. to figure that out and the right people to be over me to teach me that. And so mm -hmm. why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened and part of your testimony? Um, well, I grew up, you know, having an amazing childhood, you know, my ancestors came from Mexico, uh, my dad's side on my mom's side. They came from um, Texas. They all migrated to Casterville. How they ended up in Casterville, I have no clue, but they did. They ended up in, the, in you know, the little camps that they have for field workers. And my dad's side bought, saved up enough money to buy into the housing development where on my mom's side, they just bought land and built. So turns out they bought within a whole block area. So right around the block, I had the best of both worlds. I had my base, I had my great grandmother on one side and then my mom's side and my dad's side. And we just grew up, went to school, had an amazing time um, in Castleville until my parents divorced. And when my parents divorced, I never really paid attention. It was just, we weren't, we were too busy to pay attention to what our parents were going through, you know, mm -hmm. but it was very much in an area in an era when divorces were still, you know, not allowed, right. you know? And so because of that, you know, my mom was knowing she was going to become a single mom and she was become gaining her independence um, with my father being gone a lot because he was a truck driver she ended up divorcing him and and my dad's side of the family they literally turned their backs on us and there was five of us wow. you know my grandmother didn't you know so it was hard you know it was hard because you have something and then you don't have it mm -hmm. you know and then once they divorced, we ended up moving into Salinas and then you know that's where a lot of things change you know I was growing up uh, I grew up only around boys. I was a tomboy, so I didn't know about boyfriends, and I couldn't have them because even at my age as a teenager, very much in the in the late 70s, early 80s, I had to chaperone my sister. Right. You know? So, um, so and just that, uh, my mom, she had favorites. I grew up with that, and there was only two girls. It was my sister and I, and my sister was very much the favorite. And I never had a connection with my mom. I just, I never had a connection, never. I don't have a memory of my mom, like ever showing me like unconditional love, like, you know, come here, let me hug you, let me kiss you, or saying I love you as a child. Um, I remember my mom always pawning me off to people so she could take her faves someplace, you know. Um, but I, you know, as, as I was growing up, you know, you just think it's the norm. Yeah. You know, you can't miss something you never had. Right. And when I was 15, you know, she tells everybody I was crazy, but you can't be crazy when you're get out of school and you go home and you're like, listen, we're moving. You're not coming with, you can go with your dad, but yeah, you're not coming with. Yeah. And so from one day to the next, I had a bed, I had a home, I had a warm meal to being in Isolina's sleeping in a laundromat because I didn't, 
I mean, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have phone numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, back then when you're 15, you're, I still played with Barbies at 15. Yeah. You know, I did. I played with Barbies. I mean, on, on the low, low, because, you know, I couldn't tell you yeah. know my friends that were and it was and it, it was like a really culture shock because Casterville was really like farm and you know yeah. plain where selena's was like big the girls already dressed different mm -hmm. they acted different and i'm just in tennis and jeans and a t-shirt that's all i cared about i would want to go play that's all i wanted to do mm -hmm. you know and so I remember getting into a fight. I've always been a fighter, a physical fighter, because some girl called me, she she said, because I dressed like a boy for no other reason, but because we grew up that way, you right, know, right. and she said that I was gay. And so I didn't know what the word gay meant. All I knew was that it, it embarrassed me because everybody started laughing at me, yeah. you know, so that's how that I you know that's how it went and I was just like that all my life by myself you know I got in trouble as a teenager I had to go to juvenile hall for a long period of time the only one that can get me out was my mom and my mom I'll never forget it she went she picked me up and she asked me do you have a friend that you can go live with because you can't come with me uh. And so I said, yeah, I do. And so she took me to my friends and her mom said, you are more than welcome to stay here. And I did. And my mom drove away and never looked back. And I struggled with that. Yeah. You know, my dad, my dad, he married some lady, some waitress, because he was a truck driver and at a coffee shop and it was very abusive. She was very, uh, she married a Mexican, but she was very racist towards us. You know, you're a little chola and, you know, and I would literally like fight her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I did now, but you know, but back then I was just an angry teen because my dad didn't love me. My dad was an alcoholic and he was into drugs and pills and, 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 my mom, she was just finding her independence and going out and not trying to, you know, take five kids with her. And it was hard. It was, it was like, it was hard because now I'm a teenager turning into a woman and I don't have anybody to show me how to do that. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? There's, there's nobody there to show me nobody that cared enough to want to be there to show me that how old were you about um, then how old were you about then about 15. about 15 now i did have a godmother but she was she just worked she was like you know you could stay here and i bounced around when i was a teenager you know yeah i i'd stay at my grandma's i'd stay at my uncle's i'd stay at my nina's but there was no structure and all i you know i was really good and track and running and sports and stuff like that but nobody would ever come to my games nobody not my mom you know, my dad, when I go with my dad, my dad would get drunk and physically beat me up like a dude because he was so drunk and passed out. He didn't even know until <sighs> the next day, you know, so he struggled. It, it was just really, it was just really hard. And I mean, and during that time, you know, even when we were, and I was little and I'd go visit my grandfather, my grandparents, my dad's parents, 
you know, just that interaction with my grandfather was just so like, ooh. And then I knew that it was just weird. Like, why does he do that? Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like how it's making me feel. And it's creeping me out. Yeah. So then I stopped going over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, well, your grandma and grandpa are going to babysit you. And I'd be like, oh, God, uh-huh. I just want to sleep with my nana, even though everybody hated sleeping with her. But, um. But then, you know, I grew up being um, being in broken relationships and, and being raped um, and still nobody and still nobody, nobody ever showed up for me. Nobody ever showed up for me. But it, I always put the blame on my mom because essentially when my dad got sick and two years before he died, he validated me. He apologized and he gave his life to the Lord. Oh, praise God. Yeah. And so how do you not? Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you not? Like, there's so much in between all that, but that was the focal point. Uh, that was the, it was really bad. And then in the end, he gave his life to the Lord and I had already forgiven him prior to that, but just him validating me, yeah. you know, and even as a, as an adult woman now, I've tried to have conversations with my mom and she will not validate that, validate me. And that used to break me. That used to hurt me. Like it would, it stunts my growth. Yeah. It literally stunts. Even when I was serving God and I'd be so excited to talk about God, she's the one that killed my fire. Mm-hmm. That's what, now that I study spiritual warfare, she's the one that killed my fire. And I was all like, if this is the kind of people and this is how Christians act, I'm out. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm out. It makes I'm going to go get me something to drink and I'm going to go home and I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to feel better yep. there in my house, you know? And so it wasn't Sister Ramona until, meanwhile, I'm having children, you know, meanwhile, I'm having children. Um, I was married, I'm having children and, and it was ugly because, uh, my two youngest children, their father ended up, um, raping and killing a girl. Okay. And, um, I didn't have money to move. I didn't have money to move. And. This was a this was a case that was unsolved for over 20 years. Oh lord. And because he went to Mexico and see what people didn't understand was that um there was movement but there was uh the the Mexico extradition part. So he stayed in Mexico a lot of years even though they caught him over there. But people would talk about me. They would be like, oh, you helped him. You know, you're a sex trafficker. I went into a woman's shelter because of my life was being threatened. And I had my two boys. And it was just such a horrible experience. And no help from his family with my children. It was, again, no family on my side to help me. And, um, And I was the reason why they caught him. Because I cooperated. Because I had I had girls, you know, and I said to myself, this is this family 
you know, even though there's specifics behind as to why the girl was a runaway and, you know, whatever, she didn't deserve that. No. You know, and, and there were lots of times where they said he did it and he didn't do it. And I was just like, I have daughters. I would want somebody to step up and do the right thing. And I did. I put myself in positions. I put my children in positions where it could have cost us our safety. And, um, but I did that because it was the right thing to do. And yet throughout the years, people always speculated that, oh, I knew where I, yeah, of course I knew where he was at. I was the one that was helping this family, this father find their daughter, find the murderer who did this to her. And nobody knew because I didn't want anybody to know. I, that's not that's not a conversation piece I want to have, especially getting to know somebody. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't want nobody to know me for that stain. Yeah. See, I've always felt like a stain. My mom made me feel like a stain. My grandpa stained me. These rapes stained me. And I didn't want I didn't want that anymore. So I had to do the right thing, and I did, and that's why that family today has that closure. But I'm not going to go on a bullhorn and say it. No, you don't have and to. He's yeah. in prison. He's in prison now because me, because of my cooperation, because of everything that I know and I've been doing throughout the years. But yet you guys keep on gossiping. You guys go ahead and keep on looking at me and my children like we're the bad ones. Yeah. I've been that way all my life. No support for my siblings. None. Zero. And part of None. It, part of it too, sister, is a lot of people are afraid to get involved because they don't want to go through what you went through and maybe still yeah. are. You know, I mean, now that you have the covering of the Lord, it's probably, I mean, once you started diving into figuring this all out and knew that you needed God in your life and no more wishy-washy, no more backsliding, I need to dive into God in order to figure this out. You know, as you're telling your story, the thing that I kept hearing was, but I still loved her, but I still validated her, but I still was pursuing mm-hmm. her, but I didn't give up on her. Like God never mm-hmm. gave up. It's just that when we're in our messed up stupor, we don't hear that voice. Yeah. We don't hear yeah. it. And, and you know what? I heard it, Sister Ramona, oh, in co- during COVID. During wow. COVID, um, I was alone. I was by myself. I got sick during my birthday, and my kids came to see me, and I, I was having to tell them, don't even come up to the window, because we didn't know yeah. during that first year what was going on. I didn't even want them in the vicinity of the block I lived on, much yeah. less at my door. And they were crying, and I was it was such a sad thing, you know? But um, I started making masks, and I, beca- and, I, and I started like this little business, and it was called The Mask by Lala. And I, I'd never made a mask in my life, but essentially it grew into, everybody became entrepreneur during COVID. Right. <laughs> and so, and so uh, one day I'm sewing and I just, you know, God just like shrugs my shoulder and said, Hey, you need to call your mom out of the, out of nowhere. And then I'm just like shaking off that, you know, the thought in my mind and I start turning the music up and having a glass of wine. Cause I'm not trying to hear that. 
and then a couple of weeks by, go by and then he says it. He did that like three or four times until finally I said, I got, I didn't get angry. I got frustrated. I said, fine, Lord, I'll do it. I'm going to do it. I know the response. I know what she's going to say. But if she does exactly what I know she's going to do, I need for you to help me to to not cry for her anymore, to not want anything from her anymore. I don't want to deal with her anymore. Right. And God, to, and God told me, do this, and I am going to fill your void. So I did it, and she responded the exact same way. Don't come to this house. You're not welcome. I, I don't know why you're you're your texting or I don't know what it was, but it was to that sort. So I said, okay, there you go. So then a couple of weeks go by and I'm out, I'm looking out the window and I'm making a couple of masks and I forgot the piece and I looked and I stopped and I go, oh, he did it. Yeah, he filled the void. He filled the void. And what in time went by, he started validating me. You know, now it was a trip because now I don't know how to, you know, you 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 hold on to that pain for so long yep. that it becomes a crutch. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you that's all you got out of it. So I mean, I wanted a mother and all I had was hurt. So you kind of like you know, like abused children, you know, they still love their abuser, even women. I've, I've been in, you know, the father, my children used to beat me up like a dude, my face was unrecognizable. He shot at me. Even when I was at the peak, mind you, I was a runway model in the eighties. Wow. And I used to travel up and down. I used to travel up and down California and these malls and put on all these shows and then here in my community I would put on this show called copper to gold and all the elected officials would be in it and and like right after that he'd be like taking pictures we'd be in the news and then as soon as we get in the car he'd beat me up wow try to shoot me like that's the kind of stuff I've been through I've been beaten up all my life I have fought all my life you know even um fast forward to my recent marriage, you know, I love my husband, you know, and, and I want, I really wanted it to, to work out, but my husband was a broken man and I didn't marry him in hopes to fix him. Cause I've known him for over 18 years, but I just felt like, I love him. I'm going to marry him. And we married and, and I just, he was a really bad alcoholic and evil evil person when he's he's drunk i tapped out yeah. and man i was so remorseful because i was saved at that time but i just it just like you go through so much stuff in life to come up ahead and then now this yep. and i tapped out and i regretted it i mean i regret my divorce today i regret it because i should have there's things that now i know i should have done you know, to help him because he's entitled to that throne. But I mean, for me, I know I had to go through all that to be where I am 
today, the right. woman I am today. Right. You know, I love advocating for for people. I love cheering on the underdog. You know, yeah. I I love that because I know what it's like to be in that person. I, to be in that position, you know, I know what it's like to have an orphan uh, spirit. I know what it's like not to be validated. I know what it's like not to be loved and abandoned by your family, even though I love my siblings, but so much has happened in my life that I could understand why they don't want to, you know, get down with me. I understand that, but we're still siblings, but you know, the Bible doesn't say, you know, honor your mother, your brother, and your sisters, they only say that about your parents, Yeah, you know, yeah. and my mother was a hard one for me, you know, my mother, my mother was a real, real hard one for me, but as the years go by, even though she, my mother did the unspeakable to me, when I was, when I was in gangs, and I was in bad relationships, I had a daughter, my first daughter, and she told me, here, sign right here, you know, I'll hold on to her for six months, but oh, I need no. I can take her to the doctor. And I signed it. I was 19 years old when I had my first daughter. So what do I know? And she kept my daughter for me oh. her whole life. And I didn't know anything about court. I didn't know, you know, I'm just trying to survive in the streets. Now yeah. you're going to put me in court? Like, I trusted you. Even with my child, I trusted you. Mm. But even in that incident, incident, you know, and then my mom did that to my daughter's son. So it's like a generational thing. But for me, like now, Sister Ramona, you know, I can go on and on and on about all the horrible things that happened to me in my life. And I don't want to waste this amazing platform that you've just given me Amen. those are little tiny bits of things that have happened to me in my life Amen. even this year i've had horrible things happen to me with my county with my job with you know it's just but you know what i've learned and i see is god always goes before us and you know what sometimes i've seen this on tv one time you know sometimes god allows all your garbage to be exposed to everybody yep only so that this way they could see how god's gonna move in your life exactly yeah, and then and see God moved in my life. Yeah, and and now I mean now your life is you're validated, and if anything, yes, if anything, you walk and wake up in the morning knowing the love from the Father and not needing right. not needing the love from another person, and and you know in That's essence right. you don't need that validation because the Lord. You know, I love how he comes in and it's like that slab. I always talk about that slab of clay on the potter's mm -hmm. wheel, you know, and he just dabs mm -hmm. a little bit of water on it to then bring it back towards him and be able mm -hmm. to mold it to what it needs to be, what he always intended it to be. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. your life now and is you're on the road that he said, like, we took all the turns and he's like, okay, now will you let me lead you? Mm -hmm. So now you're on the mm -hmm. right road. And all the good things that that he has for you on this road that he has you now, they don't need any more detours. 
He wants he wants you to fulfill your life going forward, staying on that road, not getting sidetracked, just knowing that he's always been the one to validate you. Yes, yes. And you know what? I think that's what um, I've learned and that's what I share with people. You know, um, one thing, one, one amazing thing about serving God in your obedience, you're blessed with things, with tools. And one of mine that I'm so grateful for is that spirit is discernment to recognize things. And that's what a lot of the people of this world that are hurting are missing is that validation. And if I could just share with somebody is like a little God never hurt nobody and if you get a little bit of god in you you're gonna want more you know and in my walk with god and learning about god and getting closer to god this 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 last bout this is i'll never go back to the world ever ever and you know what sister ramona i used to be a party girl i used to have friends and we'd go to concerts and we'd go We'd go to uh, uh, clubs and we'd all go to dinners and we'd celebrate everybody's birthday together and then the kids stuff. And God removed everybody from my life. Yep. 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 Everybody from my life. Mm-hmm. The he... only people I have in my life are people that serve God. And he did that on purpose exactly. because he doesn't he want sure he doesn't want you to be sidetracked anymore. He sure, he sure did. And, you know, I found my calling. You know, I love hearing the word of God. I found my calling. You know, my calling is is just learning. And that's, that's where uh, I, I started paying more attention to what Pastor Ronnie says because it's spiritual warfare. Yep. You know? And and I and I learned that, and my heart hurts for people. You know, like, in my office for Halloween, I'll be here in my office for Halloween and not to pass out candies. I'll be here and I'll be putting worship on and I'm praying for everybody that's out there in the street. Yeah. You know, with not having to get in depth as to why I'd rather be in prayer. It's just because it's needed that day. Well, because if you're in, I want to get an interject and I'm sorry to, you know, I'm going to say why I don't do it. And my, my answer to people, and they ask me why I don't and, and not going into, there's so much more to it, but I uh-huh. struggled for so many years to get the demons out of me. Why do I need to celebrate them for one day? Yeah. That's my yeah. answer. I don't need it. I don't because well, you, you know, know what? When I, I learned know, about I know. spiritual warfare and Halloween, I'm sorry to mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. We don't need any more demons than what we've gotten rid of. However, the reason I'm grateful for not being doing it now or anymore because I'm not going to lie and say I didn't before because I always did. Oh, yeah. My kids, yeah. at my yeah. house, you know. Yeah. But now that I know... I'm not going to go back because, see, we're given an identity. God knew our identity before yep. we were given to our parents. Yep. Our identities are here. Yep. And to put on a costume, I did a service on that. I don't yep. even, I, I don't know if you ever seen my video I did on it. I did a teaching on it. Yeah. To put on a costume for Halloween, you cover up your God-given identity. Yep to go celebrate the enemy and you make yourself and you put your soul and your spirit in such a vulnerable position because 
now stronghold you don't have that covering because you're in the, you're you're partying with the devil now yeah now you put yourself in a position for strongholds yep. for generational cycles to be conjoined again yep. you know what i'm saying now you're going to take your kids to a creepy looking house that's, that's going to probably traumatize them and crazy. scare them for the rest of their life for a three cent candy and guess what Who's giving them that candy? That's crazy. An alcoholic or a drug addict yeah. or a devil worshiper or yeah. a sex trafficker that's giving out really good candy because they want to see what kids and possibly in yeah. the area where you're going. That's crazy. Like, is it, is it even worth it? It's no, not. but that's why I pray that night. And you know for what? That um, reason. And, and I know this show is airing later in November. Those of you that are listening, we're, we're, their shows are pre-recorded. So we're just getting approaching in October right now. And that's why we're talking mm -hmm. about this. So those of you that have already survived and went through that day on the calendar, like, mm -hmm. you know, praise God. I hope that you listen to this and know what we're saying. Sister, we're kind of getting towards the end that I talked about it. You know, we've talked a lot, of, a, a lot about it. I really appreciate your, your being vulnerable and sharing transparent, you know, of what happened in your life. And I'm so grateful for what the Lord is doing right now in your life. Um, you know, God is so good and he's such a God of restoration. I'd like you to testify a little bit more about the restoration that you see coming right now. Like what has he restored since he came and you d dived in because he's always been there. But when you finally said, okay, that's it. I'm not going back. Give some examples to the audience of what he has restored in Sophia's life. Um, he has restored my relationship with my children because um, I didn't have one. Amen. I didn't have one with my with my adult children because then when I'm drinking, then I'm all like, oh, so you guys are better parents than me now. And then I started doing that narcissistic stuff. Yeah. Let's do the flip and switch now. And they didn't deserve that. You know, I didn't have any female come and tell me how to love children how to embrace them your own children and people say oh come on you you should have a mother's instinct really but you didn't well have i don't that. have yeah, a mother's instinct because i didn't even have that for mine yeah you didn't have it you know and so now you, you know i had my grandmother show me how to clean a house how to cook you know back in those days you know my thought that would be like you know nobody could have dinner until my grandpa came home right right i remember those types because of he says he says why am i gonna eat by myself like a dog i want to sit with my family i'm the one that brings in the money i pay for everything i want to sit with my family that's the only rule and i said but i'm hungry tata and it's late and he goes well you're gonna have to wait up yeah you're gonna have to wait up so that's how i was raised yes you know what i mean so i didn't have anybody to show me how to be a mom and caring and loving and because you know why i'm battling my demons i mean i i just it was like one or the other yeah. and, so and i i couldn't love them the way they should have been but let me tell you something the amazing thing about god is when you have god in your life you have that spirit of conviction so you tend to stand accountable Amen. for everything you did and you didn't do because even the things you didn't do still hurt people amen you know? so that's what i've been able to do with 
my children. I'm a my restoration point and process now is to be able to allow my grandchildren to never see what their parents saw. Amen. Amen. I've always prayed that that's for my part, children. Yep. I that's, that. that's part of my restoration. My grandkids will never know that. Praise the my Lord. My grandkids will never know me to be that grandma. That, yep, that's me. So yeah, they'll never, the they'll never know that. And praise you know? the Lord for that. And, and for me, I'm, I'm an open book. I don't have any. I don't lie. First of all, I don't lie. And second, of, I get nervous if I'm put in a position where I have to. I'm not going to say I never have, but the times I have, I'm, we're so remorseful. Like I just feel so bad. So I always have to tell the truth. Even if it's ugly, mm. I still have to tell the truth. You know what I mean? Cause we stunk accountable. I had to go to my children and I had to say this, I'm sorry. I did this to you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't do that. But you know what I need for you to, I want to, I, I want you to, to know your mom. I want you to, I want to introduce you to her life prior mm -hmm. to you so that this way you'll get a better of understanding why you didn't get what you deserved. Amen. You know, and that, that was hard. That was hard because I had four kids and guess what? I had to sit down four times. And then that's okay though, four because times. the Lord allows mm -hmm. us to get that. And that, that restoration in itself is a lot. I'm sure there's been more as far as your career goes and what you do because there's so much but time holding here i would love it like i know we've been talking about so much but what do you have to share to someone that's tuning in that hears this and says wow who is this person like what can you give them to tell them like no more messing around you need to just dive in what what does the lord give you to tell the, like your last comment to to our audience my last comment would be is um, we're not living in our last days. We're living in our last hours Amen. and it's time and it's not a cliche. God's not a cliche because you're going to stand accountable. 20 bucks isn't going to get you in. You opening up the door isn't going to get you in. You gotta share God's word. You gotta sacrifice by killing your flesh. You gotta give something up to get into the golden doors. You have to, you have to, it's not enough. People think like, oh yeah, I went to church and well, the devil does too. The devil does too. For me, I think of everything in a spiritual warfare way that I'm talking in, in a way to some people that don't know God apples to oranges here. And, um, and I'm grateful to be where I'm at, but I just want people to grasp and see what I have on social media and hear this word to know you don't have to be there anymore, but it's a choice. So we're forgiven. We're still going to stand accountable, but we're forgiven, you know, and, and, and people have this misconception that, oh, they have any time to change or because they live a good life and everybody likes them, that that's going to be good enough. Yeah. It's not. And I want people to know this. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And if you don't change your ways, you're going to go there. That's a fact. There's one, there, there's two eternal homes that you're going to live in. There, you have a choice, mm -hmm. right? You either eternally 
give up your flesh and go with the Lord or eternally be away from the Lord. And I don't ever want to mm -hmm. even have to think that that's where, but you know, that reverent fear that we have to have. Wow. Wow. It goes by so fast, mm -hmm. sister. I hope that we could do this again one day because I'm thinking Absolutely. that, you know what? It would, Absolutely. Yeah, I would, I'm, I'm still for it. Yeah. I would like it. to have maybe do a show on what you're learning about spiritual warfare, like a one-on-one, yes. you know, that would be really good to do with you too. So we'll try to get you on the calendar, but you know, I would, yes, love, it. I um, would love that. How can people get a hold of you? If they have any questions, there might be someone out there that maybe is in an abuse of situation or they don't know how to get out of it or they just want to hear a little bit more from you is there a way that someone can get a hold of you whether on facebook or something um, yeah yeah absolutely on facebook under sophia cortez absolutely okay and that's absolutely and, and that's mm -hmm. uh s-o-p-h-i-a Yes. Cortez. C-U-R-T-E-Z. T-E-Z. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you guys and can find... And I'd be find... happy if you message me. I'd be happy to pray for you. Perfect. Um, I, do it all, I do it all the time. Like, I'll get a phone call. My comadre, you know, she she's... Uh, I have a friend that needs somebody to pray for them. Okay. I don't know who this person. Give me their number. I'll call them up. Yep. I'm not going to pass up an opportunity. Yep. I'm not going to do that. Praise the Lord. So, if somebody wants me to pray for them or they want to send me a prayer request they don't want to talk to me they could send me a message you know i'm i'm all for it i'm Praise here for Lord. it that's my job thank you that's so our job much. audience mm -hmm. take her up on that because i know she'll do it i would love it if you close this out in prayer and um absolutely in your closing absolutely. prayer if the spirit leads you maybe you can pray um just the simple salvation prayer also if the spirit leads you to do that with our closing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you jesus all right dear heavenly father i just want to give you all the praise the glory and the honor thank father god jesus. for this platform i just want to thank sister ramona for this opportunity father god to being able to share everything that i've gone through and everything that you've allowed me to come out of father god thank you, father Lord, I just worship you, Father God, and I praise you, and I pray that whoever hears this, Father God, that they'll just be able to receive, Father God, and just be able to have an open mind and an open heart for you, Father God. Lord, I just pray right now that if anybody is listening and they just want to just open up their heart or they need more understanding, Father God, that you'll just come into their heart, Father God, that they'll just be able to, to know that you you are the God of all gods, that you are the alpha, you are the mega, you are the beginning and the end, and that your word is never compromised. Your word is the same today as it was yesterday, as it was in the beginning, Father God. I just pray for anybody that wants to just turn their life around, that you place somebody in their path, Father God, that you just give them a connection, Father God, so that they'll be able to meet, you'll be able to meet their need, Father God. Father God, I lift this prayer. I lift the radio station, all the people that work in it. Father God, I, Sister Ramona, I pray that you meet their needs and that you give them the desires of their heart, Father God, that will allow them to keep on doing what they're doing, Father God, and that is reaching people for you, Father God. I lift this prayer up to you in your son's holy, precious name. I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. And Father God, I just thank you, Father. Audience, if there's anybody there that heard that prayer and that your heart was touched, it's simple. 
You just ask the Lord to hear your prayer. You repent of your sins mm -hmm. and you just say, Father, I'm sorry for everything that I've done. And Father, mm -hmm. I accept you that you died on the cross for me. And I accept that you rose again on the third day. And I accept that I know, Father God, that if I accept you as my Lord and Savior, that I will spend eternity with you, learning more and more every day. If you just said that prayer right now, then you are new into the kingdom and we welcome you as our brothers and sisters in Christ hearing our message. And we thank you for listening to today's broadcast and I look forward to hearing and seeing you again, Sophia, hopefully seeing you in yeah, person, right? I look forward to amen that. Amen and amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of Blossoms of My Life Radio. This program is listener-supported. Blossoms of My Life Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. To contact Ramona regarding donations, sharing your God story, or requests about her books, you can write to Ramona. Ramona Trevino, P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. That's P.O. Box 22731. Bakersfield, California, 93390. Her website is the letter I, the letter M, dauntless.org. That's I am dauntless.org. Her email is Ramona at blossomsofmylife.org. That's Ramona at blossomsofmylife.org. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and through listeners like you. And in closing, we just want to remind you to remember to see and be a blossom in someone's life.